Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is the man I most want to fight in a huge movie title match, and that's the greatest other host on the other side of the Mississippi River, Ty. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. I would absolutely destroy oh, you. Oh, I don't know I about that. I say that I'm in better shape, but I'm still probably seven inches taller than you and outweigh you by 30 pounds but but i told you this when you were younger in order for you to win you would have to kill me because i will not stop (laughs) yep oh i couldn't do that to you so maybe you are right then all right i'm gonna try to keep this as spoiler free as possible because i know you have yet to see this movie but i'm watching it the day after we record yes the the topic is pop culture fights. And what I mean by that is just last week, it's been about a week now, HBO Max, after a year-long delay, put Godzilla vs. Kong on there. And I've, I think even a couple of years ago, I said my the movie I was looking most forward to was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, yep. which had some good Godzilla fighting in, but had way too much stuff with people and tried to be serious. And it was, honestly, it was an average movie. And then of the new Godzilla movies, the one they made about 10 years ago, Godzilla was aggressively dark. And I don't mean like mood wise. I mean, the, the filming was very dark. It was hard to see, but it did have a badass scene with Godzilla blowing atomic breath through the monster's mouth and back of the head. Anyways, the Godzilla movies have been kind of, yeah, okay. And then there was that King Kong or Kong Skull Island movie, which honestly is better than the two Godzilla movies. I actually enjoyed that one. You could at least see King Kong. In well, yeah, yeah. And all of these movies, it's strange. They all have like really good actors in them, mm-hmm. but they keep getting a bit more stupid as you go along. Stupid, I mean <laughs> the plot. And Godzilla vs. Kong is is no different. I mean, but I think they understood it in this movie. They understood that, look, you guys aren't here to see the people, so we're just going to have them say stupid things so you remember them at least. You came to see a giant monkey, or hold on, my wife's yelling right now at me. I know when she listens to this, an ape beat up a giant <laughs> lizard. So You better get that right. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I say the movie, and there's, there's a, a thing in the movie that there's a moment in this movie, something you see, something happens that was unexpected, nowhere in the trailers, that I was like, hell the F, yeah. And that's what I want out of these movies. So there's my quick two-minute review on Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm not usually excited to, I told you the other day when we were talking, like, I, I'm not huge on God, Godzilla. I do like King Kong. I even like the Peter Jackson King Kong, but I told you this movie better be every bit as good as you're saying it is, so I'm... <laughs> cautiously optimistic that it's going to at least i think i read a review somewhere just a headline that said this movie's stupid and big and noisy and the perfect summer movie yeah so maybe that's what i need yeah and and so i thought to myself what are some other great pop culture icons things or whatever that'd be that'd be cool to see fight and i asked you i said look let's come up with a couple of uh, title fights here of pop culture things just to have a little fun talk about some of the things we think that'd be cool to see and we do. We have eight on our card here. We have eight fights. Now, before I get into this, neither of us have any superhero stuff. So nobody no. has Batman versus Iron Man, which and when I talk about these fight things, you know, Godzilla versus Kong is obviously not the first one ever. There was Jason versus Freddy, which I've seen, which is oh. kind of weirdly boring. Alien versus Predator, 
I've only seen the first one, not the second one, but was a cool concept, just a dumb movie. Our father recommended that to me when I told him our topic, and I said, Dad, they've made two of those movies. <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then, of course, Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes, Dawn of Justice. That's right. And all of the like, all the ones I'm listing. Let's be honest; they don't have great reputations. But you even go further back. We didn't have comic books. As there's been tons. Everybody's like, wouldn't it be great to see Marvel and DC fight? They've had tons of comic books like that. They've. I mean, I think in the '70s, especially. And as a matter of fact, there's. I remember my wife and I were at this is years ago at some you know, museum thing for Muhammad Ali. And there's a super famous Superman uh, um, comic book called Superman vs. Muhammad Ali. I love Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali, but Superman is a godlike alien. Yes, I think you yeah. destroy Muhammad Ali. So my point is, this is we didn't invent this. We just wanted to recommend to all those Hollywood execs that listen to us, because we know they do, yeah. a couple of other great properties that you could put together. And as a matter of fact, as we talk in the second half... You and I are going to have a whole genre, you know, like a Godzilla or a King Kong genre where we'll have two people come together at the end. So are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. We know who each other picked, but we don't know why, because that's uh, that's part of the interest of this. And your first one, I'm going to tell you the truth, Ty. I'm completely gods- uh, gobsmacked on why you think a lovable alien needs to fight a fat uh, ghost. So why don't you tell me about this property you're pitching? So this is more just out of sheer curiosity for me is why I wanted to see this. I know when you told me this topic, I said I was going to go kind of weird with it. For people who may not know who we're talking about, I have E.T., the lovable E.T. versus Slimer. So growing up, I was a humongous Ghostbusters fan. I even had one of those, you know, ectoplasm backpacks that they had that I'd wear. And I was a Ghostbuster for Christmas. And one of my favorite characters in the movie was Slimer because he ate hot dogs and did all this nonsense. And then when I got older, I'm going to watch E.T. The more I watch E.T. now, the more I like it. And I find the character of E.T. to be very heartwarming. And I felt bad for him when the people wanted to dissect him and everybody's trying to help him. So I like I like these two characters a lot. I think this is just me wanting to see a very lovable, nice alien who just wants to go home, fight another ghost-like figure who just wants to eat hot dogs and kind of wreck havoc. I fully, fully believe Slimer would easily win this battle because Slimer is a monster, essentially. He's a green flying ghost to Rex hot dog carts, but I think it would be like an adorable undercard for somebody to watch. I think it would be interesting to see E.T. with some little boxing gloves on his E.T. hands or whatever, and to see Slimer just being like, I don't care about this, give me all the hot dogs. So I think just from my curiosity, it would be like an adorable fight to watch E.T. face off against Slimer. And like I said, I think Slimer would absolutely crush et because he only has one thing in mind but i think it would be interesting to watch et put in that kind of scenario no you're right and i i don't think i'm looking at this and i'm thinking a lot of these ideas are going to be you know cartoonish in some ways but violent and stupid and stuff you got to make something for the kids i mean you need yeah exactly (laughs) i have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old maybe that's what was going through my brain the whole time but speaking of something probably not for the kids, your next one up here, and I've got something to add after you talk about this, is another one I actually had on my list. Because when I think about, look, the reason why Godzilla vs. Khan is a good idea, and again, this movie didn't invent it, 
is these are two extremely well-known properties that you're sitting around the bar in the basement with your friends going, I wonder who would win a fight of X against X. And it's an actual honest debate. So you think about that with other pop culture stuff. There are two iconic robots not named C-3PO and R2-D2 from the 1980s that need to throw down. So what's your next pitch here? Yeah, so this one I actually kind of came up with on the fly. And the more I think about it, the more I actually like the idea of it. It's RoboCop Mm -hmm. versus Terminator. So people may see that and think, well, Terminator is going to be RoboCop. People don't forget RoboCop is made out of bulletproof. His his whole body is bulletproof. Everything he he has on his body is bulletproof. And I know he kind of becomes sentient and realizes what's going on. But that doesn't change the fact that he is a robo police officer, that he's a robo cop, that he can fight anybody. And his prime objective is to stop criminals. And I know in Terminator 2, the Terminator helps out. But I'm talking about Terminator from the first one, the first movie. The Arnold Schwarzenegger one, the I'll be back one, the one who is totally naked and says, I need your jacket and your motorcycle. That's the one I'm talking about. And the person he said that to? (laughs) Bill Paxton. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) But um, I actually think, and I think of any fight that we have on this, because you and I talked beforehand who we were going to talk about. I think that this would be the closest match because the Terminator is also a, you know, he has a robot skeleton. So I imagine he's a robot as well. So this would be a fight that would be totally 80s style, you know, just gory and disgusting and, you know, very poorly CG. But that would be the fun of it. But I also think it would go the full 10 rounds if we're doing it by boxing stuff. I think anytime Terminator would try to do something to RoboCop, he would block it with his bulletproof body and then RoboCop would shoot him and he would, you know, regrow his eyeball that maybe he shot out because that's what Terminator can do. So I think this one goes the full 10 rounds, the full 12 rounds, whatever you want to have. It's perfectly evenly matched. It is strength on strength. And I think this is a type of thing that ends, at least in the first movie, where there is no winner. You just have to keep going on and on until these characters, until you get to the later RoboCops and the later Terminators. But in my mind, this is the best even ma- This is the Baylor-Gonzaga title game in this whole made-up world that we're making of pop culture, people fighting one another. Okay, so this is one I thought of, too. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, of all of these, they're kind of a joke, but this makes the most sense as a real movie yeah. or whatever because it's been done. Really? Now, now, here's the thing. It hasn't been made into a movie, but there was a... Because I, I never, th- I didn't think of it. I had to look it up, but I'm looking at it now with our handy assistant Wikipedia. Is yeah. Frank Miller, who wrote uh, the Batman: The Dark Knight Returns 300, he wrote a four series limited issue comic in 1992 called RoboCop versus Terminator. Oh, <laughs> and then there was a video game for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Oh no way! But it's it's strange to me though. I'm looking at this like it's strange to me that they've never ever. Because even the comic book just is like, you know, Terminators think RoboCop's one of them, but he's secretly going to take them down on the inside. No, I want to watch them actually fight. I don't want spy and intrigue and stuff. Yeah, I want it to be like, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, boxing ring type fighting. I'm not talking about, like, intrigue. And, and I don't need any. I just want them to be like, we're going to meet here at this time. We're going to fight one another. Mm-hmm, and right. it's the most evenly matched of any anything we have on it. So of every time it's been around, I think your idea is the best. Okay, why? Well, so. <laughs> All 
All right. So here, I'm going to give you mine. And this is just, I, I'll tell you right now, I would pay real American currency to go sit down in the movie theater to watch this idiot, idiot, idiotic idea that I have. This is my pitch. My pitch is Voltron. And by Voltron, I mean the Lion Force Voltron, the five lions that get together to make the big stupid robot against, what a nerd. against the Transformer 6 Constructicons that form up to become Devastator. Now, you, along with a lot of other people, Ty, think I just said a lot of you know weird gibberish stuff. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all gibberish. <laughs> so the, the Constructicons are the I remember as a kid you would get these they were smaller transformers and there was a they were all um like construction vehicles like there was a a backhoe and there's like a crane and a cement mixer and a dump truck and a tractor and everything like that and they would turn into their own little robots they were they were green and purple I remember but then you could take the six of them to form up this huge robot called Devastator now okay. a lot of people your age probably know or the only way they would have known this is in the second, I think it was the second Michael Bay Transformers movie. There, Why is anybody watching Michael yeah, Bay? Yeah, well, anymore? there was a <laughs> scene where they, the Devastator's in that movie, and it's formed up, it's climbing up a pyramid, I remember. But the reason why every, there's two reasons everybody remembers that second Bay Transformers movie. One is the two robots that are obviously racist. I mean, you know, he looked at Jar Jar Binks and said, that's not racist enough, and made them. <laughs> And one's name was like Mudflap and the other was like Crack or I don't know, something stupid. But the other was Devastator, which looked cool. But there's a scene where it's, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Barton Fink. Why can't I think of his name? John Turturro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John yeah, Jesus the Bowler. That's a, yeah. There's a scene with his character where he's like trying to tell the army where this big robot is. And you see these two wrecking balls. And they're hanging down below like truck nuts banging against each other. And John Turturro's like, I'm right underneath the robot's testicles. That's <laughs> stupid. <disgusting>. It's stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. So those are the two scenes most people remember. That's not the Devastator I'm talking about. I'm talking about the old school green and purple that form up into this dude. And here's what it is. So with Voltron, every time Voltron goes to Voltron or something... And even the new show, the new Netflix show, which I think is great, but it basically is, oh, we're going to be these five lines. Let's go fight. Oh, crap. We're getting the stuff beat out of us. Let's form Voltron and then beat the hell out of the thing. Why didn't you just form Voltron to begin with? Okay. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a story, though. <laughs> so, but what happens is usually they're fighting these big singular, like Voltron's these five pieces, and they're fighting these big singular robots. If Voltron gets its butt beat or gets its arm cut off the other four robots or lines can go be whatever well this would be the same thing it's these six robots so they start fighting each other and voltron's like i'm gonna cut you in half and it's like oh well then i'll just separate this guy and this guy and look from a you talk about your terminator robocop movie being this very 80s thing this is a cgi fest that would just be awesome for the eyes to just i don't know what the story is i don't know why they're fighting i mean i guess i could say the constructicons were part of the bad guys and one of my favorite lines in the Bumblebee movie is when John Cena says, they call themselves Decepticons. Shouldn't we be worried about that? So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, bad guy cons. So, yeah, maybe they're bad guys and Voltron's got to go save the universe and go fight them. But that that I will tell you, just even if you want to make a, a short film or whatever, you're going to win the damn Oscar for short film because that that is a big, ugly robot multi-piece fight that I'm all for. 
you know, it's funny. I badmouth Michael Bay, and I think rightfully so because his movies are disasters. I, he didn't direct Bumblebee, correct? He just no, no, that. no, no, no. Yeah, that's, and that's Bum- I uh, Bumblebee, I will say, is a good movie. I like that yeah. movie. A lot of people seem to like Bumblebee, but I think that this would get to a very niche crowd if you had <laughs> this type of battle on screen. Because a lot of the words you said there sounded cool, but uh, I don't know. It, well, just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I actually just recently <laughs> watched Deadpool 2. I'd never seen it. Oh, and, that's a good movie. Yeah, and it's uh, I love that movie. You know, spoiler alert for a movie a few years old that doesn't really spoil anything. At the end credits, yeah. he's going through time, and you see the Deadpool from Wolverine Origins. And he yep. shoots them. I would actually start my movie with the Michael Bay Devastator, but then I have the other six come in, form up, punch him right in his metal balls, and then move on with the movie because you got to clean it. <laughs> I, I just in my mind, I'm like, what was John Turturro? I guess he's just thinking it's going to be a big paycheck, if, even when I say. You, you know, hey, Frances McDormand was in one of those movies. Really? Yeah, she was in the third one, the one where they rip up Chicago. Oh man, I've only ever seen the first one, and I didn't care for that. So I, I'm just not, I'm just not in on Transformers. This is your, you know, you're on the GI Joe Transformers hill that you're gonna die on. But and hey, that's saying this is me. I'm going old school. I want those yeah. those old school clunky looking ones. That's why I like Bumblebee Absolutely. so much. It, yeah, totally. All right, so we're gonna end this on honestly. Of everyone we talk about, I think it's the most important fight out there. It yes. is the. Look, and these characters have been... I know one has been on the other show. The other one has not been on their show. I'll talk a little bit about that. But So, it's Homer against Peter Griffin. Mm -hmm. Now, and I'm going to let you talk because this is your your one, but I want to say this up front. Homer was meant to be this kind of throwback and to show you how stupid some of these 1960s sitcom dads were. Mm -hmm. Peter Griffin's a straight-up ripoff of Homer. Yes. So you're going to pit these two together. Why and what's what's the feeling about this fight? This, for me, this would be purely a passion project because I will fully admit the first couple of seasons of Family Guy I watched, I thought it was funny. I thought, you know, the characters on there were good. I always kind of had this disdain for Peter Griffin because, like you said, it's a Homer Simpson ripoff. I mean, his wife is much more attractive than, you know, he is. He can't hold down a job, or he can hold down a job, but he's just an idiot. Like you said, he's this idiot sitcom dad, and that always bugged me, but I liked everybody else. And then Seth MacFarlane had the audacity, while having Stewie sing a song, to make fun of The Simpsons, which, if it weren't for The Simpsons, he would not even have a career. So I just need Seth MacFarlane to know that. So for me... Pitting Homer against Peter Griffin would be just so I could see Homer beat the hell out of Peter <laughs> Griffin because Homer has so many advantages over Peter Griffin. One, he's not as big as him, so he can move quicker than he can. Two, he has the Homer Simpson disease where his brain is two <laughs> inches thicker, or his skin is two inches thicker over his brain, so he can take. He he, he took a beating from Dredderick Tatum <laughs> when he became the boxer. That if Dredderick Tatum punched Peter Griffin once, he would have died. Homer took some punches. He didn't last the two rounds that they needed him to, but he took some punches from him. But Homer has that going for him. Homer fights with Bart all the time, so he has these fighting skills. He's fought with other people. There's nothing about Peter Griffin. People say, oh, he fights that chicken. That bit went on too long on that show, and it should have ended much, much sooner sooner than it, it should have just happened one time on that show. But all in all, in the end, 
with me, Homer Simpson is the far superior character, the much more memorable character. And when you put them in a fighting scenario, he has so many advantages over him. This is like Dredderick Tatum versus Homer Simpson. This is the same thing. You know, it's Homer has so many of these advantages and he would beat him to a bloody pulp. I almost, I hesitate to say it, but this would be like a snuff film in my opinion <laughs> where Homer would just be destroying Peter Griffin. I'd be like, hell yeah, that's right. That's what you get for making fun of the Simpsons. But when you look at it from a quote unquote practical point of view, when you find their, you know, what, what, home, what advantages and disadvantages they have, Homer has so many more advantages than Peter Griffin does that I just think Homer would wipe the floor with him and it would be incredible for me to watch that. Yeah, so I want to go back to when you were talking about Family Guy and how you used to like it. I remember when Family Guy first came on, it was great. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was funny, it was, you know, cool, it, all that stuff. It got canceled way before its time. I remember mm-hmm. I think it was Comedy Central started to play the reruns and I I believe I'd watch one. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that'd be pretty funny, but I laughed a little less." Yeah. And I equated to like the Shrek movies. I remember I only yeah. seen the first two, but after I saw I saw them, I laughed. I thought they were great, and then I'd go back and see something and be like, eh, "I'd laugh a little bit less." It, mm-hmm. it did, the jokes didn't carry, and yeah. then it just became the same. Like you talk about the whole chicken fight, just the same stuff over and over. And even South Park, who hell, they won't even go after the Simpsons. They have a whole episode <laughs> where they're like, the "Simpsons already Simpsons did it,", did it. Yeah. <laughs> but but they had the one with the Family Guy where they just have the dolphins you know, choosing yeah. random things to create plots. And I think that's what it is. And look, I, Seth MacFarlane, as far as I know, seems to be an okay guy. I mean, I yeah, don't know. If he's I, very talented. He just goes too far. Right. And I think there's, I know a lot of people, I don't even know if Seth MacFarlane's involved with the show anymore, but I know a lot of people say American Dad is actually a really good show in the last few it years. Is. Yeah. I've, I've watched, I've watched that. I watched that. Like I watched South Park in and out and it is far superior family. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's all that, but this whole, I mean, I know Peter Griff has been on The Simpsons, and like, I keep going back though, when when I say the jokes don't seem to carry, I still watch Simpsons episodes on Disney+. Plus. I have I'm yeah. something to do, I, I turn on a Simpsons episode, and I turned on the one the other day with uh, Jay Sherman, the critic. For those of you way younger, there used to be another show on Fox, animated show with John Lovett. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And my favorite part about that, though, is at the end, he's leaving. He's like, hey, if you ever want to come on my show. And Bart's like, I don't think we'll be doing that. And Jay Sherman makes a second appearance many years later in The Simpsons when he's in an insane asylum, (laughs) constantly saying these things. (laughs) And I know there's a couple. One of my favorite, I I guess, late period Simpsons and late period. Hell, this episode was like 10 years ago is when uh, the cast of Futurama was on. Yeah. And because Bart spit in a time capsule or something, oh. <laughs> it created all these monsters. But you never saw The Simpsons on Futurama, except that I, nope. there was with the big trash ball. You saw a bunch of Bart Simpson's dolls, and yeah. Bender picked one up and pulled the string and said, eat my shorts. He's like, okay. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's as far. But yet, this this is one, like you said, almost like a snuff film. Maybe there's some fanfic out there or something that yeah. Homer and Peter Griffith run into each other, and then Homer just ble- beats him to a bloody pulp. Yeah. So I, I do. I get that. It's, you know, all of these things we talk about, they're 
even Godzilla vs. Kong, they're this kind of wish fulfillment type thing. This is Uh just most of us. And again, it's not, oh, well, you are like, was it Family Guy is the only animated show to be nominated for a best television Emmy where The Simpsons never has. Look, it has nothing to do with that. It's just anybody that comes up to me and says, I don't like The Simpsons, but I love Family Guy. That's somebody I instantly want to punch myself. Somebody were to say that to me, I would just be like, why? explain yourself because i don't know you but i already disagree with everything you're about to tell me simpsons has been around forever Mm -hmm. they never had to be canceled and brought back on tv they simpsons is so established they can make fun of the very network they're on (laughs) rupert murdoch plays a bumbling idiot on this show whenever he's on the simpsons but let's remember there is that simpsons though where Krusty is going to marry the one lady and he leaves her at the altar because he says she's too good. Princess Penelope. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, now, you go watch it on Disney+, Plus. you won't see this, but when that originally aired, at the very end, it said, you because know, I, I think it was an anniversary, it's like 500 episodes or something like that, and they said, thanks for watching. Now get ready for six Seth MacFarlane shows. <laughs> and I guess somebody got mad at The Simpsons for doing that, and they had to take that down. So there, there's one time that Fox was like, oh, you went too far. You can make fun of Rupert Murdoch, but you can't make fun of Seth MacFarlane. But they didn't take down the episode where Stewie badmouths The Simpsons? Does Fox not know who feeds them? Oh. They, they've well, Again, keep talking about The Simpsons. It's like when Lisa shows that Fox will put on... Uh, you know, a body show like Landing Strip, where strippers have to land a plane and then go on Fox News and talk about how television's too dirty. That, that's, yeah. that's how they feed themselves. That's true. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take a break and come back with a couple of other, including our, our own series of pop culture versus films. Sounds good. Hello all, this is RD, and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, all the work we do on SeedSync.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com and look up the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the Ex-Millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the Ex-Millennial Man as your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things. Guys, we created this, Ty and I did, because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial, honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but we kind of got tired of, wait, nothing since Citizen Kane can be better? I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better. To some of us, Fast and the Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that, again, not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest ever when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff is SeedSing.com and the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us. You need t-shirts? We can give you t-shirts. You need handshakes? Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, and now I'm going to get you back to the conversation.
Okay, Ty, it's time we got we got the appetizers out of the way and outside of the throwback of your Terminator and RoboCop and my CGI fest of Devastator and Voltron. These are the real fights. These are the fights that people want to come see. I'm going to start off here with with a genre that we're going to create. And I'll explain it when I explain my movie in the series because I actually I actually have a third movie I could put in this series. So oh, I'll yeah. explain that yeah. too. You have here two incredibly classic sitcom characters. And like I said with the E.T. and the Slimer one, I'm curious about where you went because you've got the – and again, we're talking about classics. I, in my opinion, if I had to put together a Hall of Fame of best TV comedy characters of all time, these are first ballot Hall of Famers easily. I agree. I agree. And that's the classic George Costanza against Kenny Powers fight. So explain yep. this to me. I agree with you. George Costanza and Kenny Powers are all-time greats. I mean, George Costanza... I'm sorry, before I, you go on, I do want people to know, George Costanza, in case you don't know, that was Jerry's friend on Seinfeld, played yeah. by Jason Alexander. Kenny Powers is the former Atlanta Braves closing pitcher on the show yeah. Eastbound and Down, played by Danny McBride, who yeah. just yeah, just uh, is not the best of human beings. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, George Costanza, to me, and I'm sure my parents would differ, you might differ, I think he might be the greatest sitcom, comedian sitcom character of all time. Take out The Simpsons, because that's a quote-unquote cartoon. I think George Costanza might be the funniest sitcom character. And then as far as premium cable shows go, Kenny Powers might be the most vulgar comedic sitcom character of all time. But why I have these two in here are these, you mentioned Kenny Powers. He did have a pro career, but he threw all that away. And he kind of is just, you know, when that show was first came on, he was trying to get back in the majors, but he was this sad sack, kind of losery type character who was reflecting on the good old days when he could do all this stuff and almost like that that guy who peaked in high school but he peaked in the major leagues but then his career kind of went haywire after he just wasn't good anymore and George Costanza is the prototypical nothing goes his way even when he gets a good job at the Yankees he finds a way to screw that up or when he tries to quit that job with the Yankees to go work for the Mets he can't find a way to do it so these are two guys when I look at sitcoms, there are two guys who live in the past, two guys who really don't have a lot going on for them while they're on their shows. So this would almost be a fight to bring back their glory, that faded glory for maybe 15 minutes of fame where somebody can be like, oh, Kenny Powers beat George Costanza in a fight or George Costanza beat Kenny Powers. But, you know, that faded glory with the caveat is that I don't think these two would really fight each other. <laughs> I think it would be more of like Kenny Powers saying some really mean, really derogatory, really vulgar stuff at George Costanza. And George Costanza trying to talk his way out of a fight with Kenny Powers because he's afraid he's going to get beat up. So you have George Costanza doing that, Kenny Powers doing his thing, but I don't think it would ever come to blows. Like, you look at that episode of Eastbound and Down where Kenny Powers faces off against the guy who ruined his career, and the only way he can, you know, get his strike back is he, he throws the ball and he hits him in the eye, but he needed so much other stuff to happen for him. Mm-hmm. Or like George Costanza doesn't want to get married, he tries to you know, sabotage the wedding. But the only thing that stops him from getting married is his fiance <laughs> dies by licking tainted envelopes. So these guys <laughs> all have these certain things they need to get the stuff they want, but it never is from them doing the proper thing. So 
I think it would be interesting to see these two guys who have faded glory try and find that one last instance where their name will be in the paper for a month at most. This wasn't my original choice, but when I was reading yours and I saw Kenny Powers, I thought this was going to be better. And I'll talk about my original choice afterwards because I've got another person against uh, Kenny Powers. And this is very, very timely. So I just watched uh, last week, I watched all of the HBO Plus show Ted Lasso with Jason Sudeikis. Apple TV. Apple TV. God, what did I say? HBO Plus. Oh, HBO Plus. Yes, whatever. <laughs> Apple Plus. All right. Yeah. Apple TV Plus. Yes. Anyways. So, I haven't seen it yet, and I know it's on Apple TV. Yes. No, I, no I'm glad. You, I, we need that Apple money, so I apologize. But uh, <laughs> And it's, I, it's a joke. I kind of tell people that Ted Lasso, to me, is like the perfect Apple product. It looks really good. It delivers what you want it to deliver. It's pretty simple, and it seems edgy because there's some cursing, so your parents will think they're cool when they have it. And that's I'm like, this is the perfect Apple product, which is to say, I enjoyed the show. I know Jason Sudeikis just won the the SAG Award. He also won a Golden Globe. He's getting uh, a lot of love for that show, and it, it's a great character. It's a bit saccharine. I tell people it's kind of a fairy tale. And oh, so you it. know it's a college football coach that goes to coach uh, in an English soccer league. And okay. the, the whole thing is he's supposed to fail, but he's such a he's such a positive person and believes so much in these kids and these athletes that it's like infectious that he actually is affecting the town and the people around him because he's just so positive and so nice. So I thought, what would be great than if I had a Ted Lasso versus Kenny Powers movie? What if Ted Lasso had to coach Kenny Powers? And I'm thinking oh, on his third or fourth baseball team, this guy who just believes in the best of everyone against a guy who's just the worst of everyone. <laughs> and I just think it would be such a fascinating watch to, to see. And again, to get Jason Sudeikis and Danny McBride to re do these roles would be so, so good. Now, having said that, this would be my spinoff movie. My original choice was I was going to do Ted Lasso versus Morris Buttermaker. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I thought... What if you got this guy who is so positive, believes in everyone, with just a, and I mean Morris Buttermaker at the beginning, obviously, yeah, against a guy where they're coaching, like give Ted Lasso all these kids that suck, but then give Morris Buttermaker all these kids that used to be great, but they don't care anymore, and that was that would be my spinoff movie, Lasso versus Buttermaker. I kind of want to watch both of those. Uh, I think that. I think it would be amazing. And again, I haven't seen Ted Lasso. I've heard all about it, but I think it'd be amazing to see him work with Kenny Powers. Trying because Kenny Powers is the type of guy who would have been at the Capitol riots. Oh, That's yeah. how horrible of a person <laughs> yeah. Kenny Powers is. But to see him with Buttermaker, especially, and obviously we're both talking about Walter Matthau's Buttermaker. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, obviously. What's his face? But to see him kind of coach against him and do that—that would be. Because I love Bad News Bears, so that would be so interesting to me to see something like that. Yeah, and I, I'll say this about Ted Lasso. It's a good show. It's a show I enjoyed. Again, it is saccharine, it is, and a lot of that is because of Jason Sudeikis. And there are some weirdly serious parts to the show, sure. which I think yeah. is very, very well done. And it's, look, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I predicted basically how it was going to end. But sure. it is the thing that is nice about it is this guy who just, again, sees the best in everyone when there's just crap around you. So I thought, 
who is the worst athlete, Ted Lasso? Because in the show, there's a player he has who's like this, who is a very Kenny Powers-like player in talent-wise, but he's not Kenny Powers in the ways of, well, he is pretty terrible to women, but you know, doesn't do drugs or all this yeah. other stuff. That, put, put, put a gun in his baseball uniform like Kenny Powers. <laughs> yeah, <did>. right. <laughs> so that, that, would be, that would be my dream, and it'd be kind of timely. That sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> I, I really like that. You need to pitch that to I do. I agree. Members. Somebody better be listening, because that's, that's yeah. a good, good idea. All right, so uh, you're going to end this on one I'm very intrigued by, because I tried to fit <laughs> this person into so many fights, and I couldn't think of one that felt good. <laughs> and then I'm going to end on my one that if Hollywood's not listening, because not only am I going to give you a blockbuster, I'm going to give you something shocking that is going to make this just totally awesome. So we'll start okay. with yours here. Yeah. Ty, I tried so hard to find anybody that could fight classic Zach Morris. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Bayside High, Zach Morris, yeah. not not college, not when he was in going to middle school in Indiana. This is Bayside Zach Morris. Kelly Kapowski, Lisa Turtle, yeah. Jesse Spano, not Tori, not any of that. This is the, the quintessential Zach Morris. So I tried to think, I tried to lump them in with 21 Jump Street people. I tried to lump them in with Bart Simpson at one time I had on my list, all this stuff. But I think you found the right combination. So explain this fight to me. So yeah, I have Zach Morris. Obviously, we established that. And the other day, because we are staying with my parents and our parents are in their 70s, Happy Days happened to be on. And the Fonz was on there. And you had just brought up this topic. And I thought, what if... Zach Morris, the cool, popular kid everybody wanted to be in the 90s, faced off against the Fonz, the cool, popular kid that everybody in our parents' generation wanted to be. Because these are two, these are the two, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are the two coolest high school kids that ever existed. Now, I don't see how anybody else is any cooler than the Fonz and Zach Morris. And they're so memorable in both of their shows for everything that they've done, and they, the actors still continue to work, so it's not like they stopped at that. But you take the Fonz at his height with his leather jacket, bashing the the whatever they called it back then to make music play, the record player, whatever they called it, and in the diner that they ate in, and getting all the ladies to go up against Zach Morris, who is conniving and deceiving, deceitful, and will do anything in his power to get what he wants. And at first, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this fight, and I'm like, of course, the Fonz is going to win. He's older, he's stronger, he's dealt with more stuff. He's from the 50s and 60s. But like you said at the top of this podcast, the only way I could beat you in a fight is I would have to kill you because you wouldn't give up. I feel like Zach Morris wouldn't give up. He would continue to find ways to mess with Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz. He would find something to get under his skin. He would find a way to steal his leather jacket from him or do something. So I really don't know who would win this fight. I think it would make for a great fight because Fonz, the Fonz has the brute strength and the age over, over Zach Morris, but Zach Morris has the deceitfulness and the, I guess, brains, if you want to call it that, to find ways to get the Fonz to do what he wants. So I, like in my mind, it's, almost more of a thriller than like a big blockbustery type Godzilla versus Kong movie. It's like a, a person who just wants to fight messing with a person who's going to use their brains against you. So it's almost like a thriller type movie where you watch these two go at it with one another and you get the Fonz and his, you know, 
quintessential leather jacket and Zach Morris with his big poofy blonde hair, which he was Mark Paul Gossler is not blonde. No, yeah. Go listen to Zach to the future. Yeah, he talks about that. Yeah, and you get these two to fight each other, and I think it would just, it would make for great, great pop culture for the Baby Boomer era, and I know we try and stay away from that, but the Baby Boomer era, and hell, I would even say Generation X into the Millennials, because Millennials watch Say by the Bell as like a funny thing now, so I think it spans all generations to watch this. Now, I will say, if you take Henry Winkler versus Mark Paul Gossler, Mark Paul Gossler would destroy Henry Winkler because he is like this military trained buff dude who still exercises constantly. But the Fonz has that brute strength and Zach has that deceitfulness. I just, I don't know who wins this fight, but I would love to watch it play out on screen. No, that'd be good, but I'm going to trump everything we said, Ty, with the next great Hollywood blockbuster. All right, hit me with it. And I'm going to pitch this for you, okay? Imagine <laughs> a young Kevin McAllister riding his bike one day. Mm-hmm. He wants to go visit his dad at work, and so he goes to his dad's building in Chicago or wherever. Yeah. And he he goes in, and the security guard's like, hey, how's it going, Kevin? He's like, good. And he goes up on the elevator, and then the elevator gets stuck. And he's like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And at the same time, a weathered after Nakatomi Plaza, just kind of tired. John McClain is in the same building talking about you know how he can help with security because he doesn't want to be a cop anymore and do this stuff. And the person's like, "Okay, you know, I'll be right back. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you." And he's sitting there, and the power goes out. And so you have Kevin McAllister stuck in the elevator. You have John McClain sitting on this floor, and all the power goes out. And he's looking around, and he can't seem to find anyone. And so all of a sudden, McLean's like, okay, what's going on? He's trying to find people. He's doing this stuff. But at the same time, Kevin McAllister's climbing out of the elevator, and he hears this noise, and he hears this person walking around. So he looks around, and the building's still under construction. So he finds some paint cans and ties them up, and John McLean comes running and gets hit with a paint can. And then Kevin McAllister finds a spider in somebody's office, and he drops it down on this guy. So the whole time, they're not really fighting each other. They just don't know what's going on. And it's this whole just entire... Home Alone against Die Hard and these people trying to figure out, like, Kevin thinks that John McClane's a bad guy and John McClane thinks it's Kevin McAllister's the person that made everyone disappear. But here, here's the moneymaker. This is where I'm going to blow your freaking mind. All right. Because in the end, it's not them. They're not, they shouldn't be fighting against each other. They should be fighting against the main guy. And you pan back and you see the Jigsaw Killer from the Saw movie set the whole thing up. <laughs> they're just in this big saw movie but it's john mcclane versus kevin McAllister, and i'll tell you, you just you just play it off and you know mcclane McAllister, and everybody sit there and man when you hit that that third act turn people are gonna be sitting in their seats going oh man they're gonna be blown away hey guys sorry to break in but this is future rd or i guess past rd because i obviously I'm not recording this after you listen to it, but I am recording it after Ty and I record it. I have to make two additions to this uh, incredible, incredible McAllister versus McLean movie pitch that I'm making right now. The first one is the movie takes place on Christmas Eve. I should have made that absolutely clear. This movie has to take place on Christmas Eve. The second thing is, and Spoiler alert for the fictional movie that's made up in my head that may never, ever get made. You know, I mean, honestly, I think about it. Maybe I'll commission an artist and do a graphic novel of this. But 
at the end, the way that the jigsaw or the jigsaw killer gets defeated is the old man in Home Alone with the shovel. While Jigsaw's laughing, he turns around and he smacks him in the head. That's how he gets defeated. So I wanted to make those. I, I can't believe I forgot to tell Ty those. They were actually in my notes. Hey, you guys, the listening audience, Hollywood, Macaulay Culkin, the estate of Chris Columbus, John McTiernan, Bruce Willis, everybody out there, I guess the only thing I can say to you is you're welcome and look for McLean versus McAllister or McAllister versus McLean in a future holiday, 4th of July holiday release. So I'll get you back to what Ty and I were talking about. There, uh, Hollywood, I just made you a billion dollars. I would watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> and I've never seen a Saw movie, but obviously I know who Jigsaw is. But I love the idea of a when Kevin McAllister was like, I think, 10 years old at home alone, <laughs> yeah. fighting against haggard weather, John McLean from Die Hard. But yeah, to... Because you didn't tell me that you had Jigsaw. You told me about Kevin McAllister's thing, but that Jigsaw edition is my mind is my mind is blown. That that movie can have all of my money. Because I, I literally I was thinking there because I was trying to think, and I know there's like fan theories or whatever that Kevin McAllister grew up to become the Jigsaw mm-hmm. killer and stuff yeah. like that. But I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, what would be a good good like home alone die hard movie and then i kept thinking to myself but how do they get together like what is yeah. it and i was like oh that's what it is it's, it's really a saw movie <laughs> yeah because that's what jigsaw does is he gets those people in there and messes with their minds so to have kevin McAllister think one person's a bad guy and john mcclain to think he's a bad guy that's that's brilliant man and i'd have no problem with uh macaulay culkin playing kevin McAllister. he just has to play him as a 10 year old yeah, which he's still, I mean, he might have long hair and look you know, a little bit of wrinkles, but he still looks, he looks younger than me. You know, and this goes back, though, to the Godzilla vs. Kong. Look, the biggest complaint I've heard from people is, how big is King Kong in that movie? Because in one scene, he's like 100 feet tall, and in another scene, he's 50 feet tall. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a giant lizard versus a, a giant ape. So if I put Macaulay Culkin in his, you know, Home Alone clothes... And yeah. people are be like, well, he's not really 10. Who cares? Who's not going to go watch? Who's not going to go watch uh, uh, Bruce Willis as classic John McClane and Macaulay Culkin as classic Kevin McAllister in a Saw movie? I mean, who is not watching that? Not, again, the same people who would say Family Guy is better than Simpsons. Oh. The only thing I can get it. Because <laughs> when I first thought of this, that was, that was my first one. And I've just I have spent all week just building this movie out in my head that it's become this point of it's not just a good idea it's something i need in my life now that not only that but also your ted lasso and kenny powers <laughs> like, have two great great ideas for holly yeah now and i understand all these different properties are owned by different people yeah, and sure. you know when i was watching the honest trailer for godzilla vs Kong, which if you haven't seen the movie don't watch the honest trailer because it spoils i think the absolute best part Okay. But they were like, you know, a movie we literally willed into existence. And they showed an old honest trailer of Godzilla. And they're like, you know, you guys own King Kong. Why don't you just have those two in a movie and fight each other? (laughs) (laughs) It's like on that show um, that Ricky Gervais did called Extras, where he told Kate Winslet to play a certain role to win an Oscar. And yeah, Holocaust movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) And he hosted the Golden Globes the year she won. And he was like, see, told you so. He, he was Ricky Gervais, maybe off base on some stuff, but he was 100% correct on that. And apparently, so is this honest trailer thing. 
Ty, in the end, what we need to do is we need to go to Brian Grazer and uh, it went along with Ron Howard to pitch these movies. And he says, I love it. And he'll hand us a bag of money, a bag with a dollar sign on it. While the Happy Days theme <laughs> plays in the background. So when, when Brian Grazer needs to reach us, how's he going to find you? Oh, yeah. I would, I'm here anytime, Mr. Grazer, if you want to talk movies. You can find me on Facebook, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, same name on Instagram. More importantly, read my stuff on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. Covered a lot of the men's uh, college basketball tournament. Great tournament up until the championship game, which uh, was a terrible. blowout. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor deserved the win. They were no, no, they did. They were, they were far and away the better team. <laughs> yeah, but I also do movies and TV shows and music and just random. I wrote about being a bald person a couple weeks ago, so you can read about that. And you can hear me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us. Check out our Patreon, and as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and I want to. I, I had uh, two people actually reach out to me to say this last week. I talked about how the George Floyd trial is going on. It is not the yeah. George Floyd. Tri- yeah. It is not the George Floyd trial. It is the Derek Chauvin trial. George Floyd yeah. is not on trial. No, George Floyd yeah, is dead. He shouldn't be. He should still be. Alive. Yes. So Ash, Brianna Taylor and countless, countless other African-Americans. Yeah. So that that was my mistake. And I apologize for that. This is the Derek Chauvin trial. And man, it has not looked good for him. So let's just hope the right things happen here. Yeah. And then exactly. Ev- yeah. And then everything else. Uh, yeah. Seedsing.com. Ex-Millennial Man. Yeah, with all that being said, uh, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, uh, you guys can find us here every Saturday for free wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. Well, my head is about to explode because of all this damn pollen because I've got like 60 days out of the year, 30 in October and 30 in April. It's just terrible, Ty. So I'm going to go rest these golden voice cords of mine. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. It's pollen's just as bad here in St. Louis, but that's not going to stop me from my train. So. I know God's bless you because yeah. <laughs> exactly. Alright, talk to you next time. Take it easy. The X Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com. Fully owned by R.D. Kulik and Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik. Adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.